0: What is up, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Project Empowered. And in today's exciting episode, I had the extreme pleasure to sit down with Bradley Halsman as I picked his brains of everything mindset and football. Bradley himself has spent a lot of time in the industry, grew, growing up playing for numerous different professional clubs, Aberdeen, Motherwell, Partick Thistle. Bradley later decided that after being let go for the last time, he wanted to take his destiny into his own hands. Bradley and his business partner, Andy, decided to start a one-to-one football coaching business. And at the time, The one-to-one sports coaching business wasn't really a done thing. So five years down the line, his business has went from strength to strength and now operates in a number of different cities all over Scotland. Bradley has recently taken on a new venture. He's decided to represent undervalued talent in the Scottish game through his In Motion Sports Agency. All of his socials, including his one to one sports coaching, In Motion Sports Agency, and Bradley's personal social media accounts, will all be linked in the description of this podcast. So be sure to go down, follow him. And keep him up to date with what he's doing because he's a very, very interesting guy with a lot of knowledge in the game. So without further ado, let's jump right into this podcast and hopefully you enjoy it. And if you did, be sure to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever you listen to your podcasts on as it is very much so appreciated And it means a lot to our growth. So thanks again. And I hope you enjoy this episode of Project Empowered. My life. So, welcome back to uh, another episode of Project Empowered. Um, And today, joined by Brad Halsam. Halsman uh, sorry is that saying
1: that right aye. aye you know what everybody struggles with that and me, me and my family are like how do people struggle with this Halsman and you just don't spell. <laughs> but everyone you're, you're not the first you won't be the last everyone's to be
0: honest mate I practiced that like three or four times <laughs> before we came on here I was like I need to get this right I need to get this right uh, that's
1: brilliant. I, I brilliant. fucked it right
0: off the bat so. no that's
1: class <laughs> can get run,
0: better with
1: here. run with that mate.
0: Aye. nice one nice one so to give some context like we were saying about how me and you came into contact with each other. Yep. And it must've been like 20, 2016 or 2017 where my mum bought me a block of lessons for your coaching business. Yeah. And that was like I said in 2016. So it's been a while since uh, three or four years. And uh, that's when we first met. I think I was getting some, some lessons off Josh at the time, actually. Josh Walker. Yep. Aye. Uh, um. And I saw so it. Obviously we've we've been in sort of followed you on socials and whatnot, kept kept up to date with um what you're up to. And to give some context to the listeners about yourself and what you've been getting up to. Are you able to give us a, a sort of briefing of what you've the last year or so, um what you've been spending most of your time on?
1: Absolutely. Well, last week was just our fifth year anniversary for one-to-one sports coaching. So for me and my best friend Andy Robin, like that's our bread and butter. That's where we make our money. That's what we've grown for the last five years. That is our baby, which has become a massive success over the last five years. So every year, um over the last five years it's just been a growth year that every year we just try to get bigger, we try to get better, we try to bring on more coaches, we're trying to lift the quality standards to the things we're doing. Um when you were with us, probably 2016, 2017, I remember just going through the days, just trying to complete the sessions. That was like the main aim. If you've got 18 sessions on, right, we need to just complete them. So that. that's why I would come through and take you for a session, driving through from Glasgow for an hour, then driving back just to make sure it get completed. Uh, whereas now we've got 25 coaches on the books. Um, they're all fully booked. They're all, if a coach comes on board and he's got 18 hours that he wants to work, Like, we're big enough now that we can easily give them these hours. So um, because we started so early in the one-to-one game um, and because myself and Andrew weren't um, two football coaches doing it together, he was a marketing guy, an operations guy, and then myself, like a football coach and like front of house dealing with customers. That's why over the last five years we've got so big, because we weren't doing the same thing. Um, And then over the last year as well, I launched our sports agency that is called In Motion Sports Agency, and then that is just representing talent within the Scottish game so far. Um, the idea is to identify undervalued talent, somebody that I think I can bring into my ecosystem and give personal training. You might have seen on Instagram. Maybe I can give my a job at one-to-one sports coaching. They might be on £200 a week, 18 years old at Patrick Thistle. I can give him another £200 a week coaching. All of a sudden, he's not starting to worry about money anymore. He can just concentrate on his football. Um, I bring him into positive-minded people. I bring him into financial advisors that help him out all free of charge. Everything that we do um, is to build this football that we think is undervalued make them better, make them a more well-rounded football, well-rounded human being. And then in the long run, we'll be able to make some money off the back of that. So uh, that's the kind of business plan to in motion. That's what we've been doing over the last year. Um, so that's going stents to tense to as well.
0: Nice, nice. And you, you, am I right in saying that you got your first player on board in February?
1: 2018, is that right? It would have been 2018, yeah. Um, I was, to be honest, it was a couple of friends that just said to me, um, for instance, Tom Lang that I'm, I'm dead close to. We were just sitting in a pub in the south side and we were just there that it was MLS, I think, was on the screen. And he's like, I'd love to play out there one day. He's like, but he's like, how do you get to these places? He's like, I'm at Clyde, I'm part-time and stuff. And I, I didn't say, I'll get you there. <laughs> I'll be <in> there <laughs> I basically said, listen, I'll, I want to represent football. It's like, that's my next step. I've been coaching for eight years now. Um, I love the coaching that will always be like, well, I've got a real passion for it, but it, I was like, I've always wanted to be a, a deal maker. I've done it in the past. I want to go do my own thing with it. Um, I said, I said, I'm going to launch my own agency within time. And I said, if you launch it right now, I'll sign. And then I said it to my other friend and he's like, if you launch it, I'll, I'll sign. So that was me straight off the back going to get a logo, going to get things sorted. And I had a couple of boys that signed with us straight away. So um, as soon as I started delivering for them and doing a real good job for them, just word got around that I was representing boys properly, looking after them well. Um, And then it just went, as I say, just spirals. I'm looking after 15 players right now. Um, Unfortunately, the COVID-19 situation at the moment, I'm actually turning players away. Uh, Boys are reaching out to us. that might have just been let go by a a Camarnock, maybe a Falkirk, a Samaritan, whoever it may be and at 18, 19, they now can't play under-18s, but they've got zero first-team games to their name. Mm. Whereas for full-time footballers, as soon as they turn 16, 17, 18, they need to get first-team games. They simply need to go out and loan, because if I'm talking to a, uh, a stenhouse Muir manager, and I say, right, I've got a player from St Mirren, he's 18, he's been like, no, oh. he's like well, he's going to be new use to me in my first-team right now, he'll be another year or two away. I can't afford that right now. I need something to kind of come in and play. So right now I'm just took a wee step back, concentrating on the 15 I've got, make sure they're all looked after. And then once this is kind of the markets came back to normal, I'm going to come back in and start recruiting again.
0: Mm-hmm. So it sounds like that experience is almost invaluable when it comes to trying trying to get players opportunities at, at these type of clubs. It's such
1: a selling point. It is such mm-hmm. a selling point. For instance, like, uh, a Scottish youth international, it might be under nineteens at Celtic and Rangers. who hasn't played any games in a first team environment. Then they step into first team, it is. I'm telling you, it's a completely different ball game. But as you've seen, that young lad, it's, it's Callum Smith. They get let go by them, Ferlin, and then signed with Hamilton, obviously in the Premiership, a league above. Because he went at 17 years old out and loan to this club. He played first team football with them, Ferlin. Um, so for me, that was massive. For a, to see somebody like him go out and loan and it's all he's done since he was 17 first team football first team football so when shit hit the fan they let everybody go he got a cracking move because the first team manager knows he can step up and play at a young age so mm-hmm. for me yeah guys you're bang on it's invaluable the second the boys now more than ever turn 17, 18 get out and loan
0: well, I look forward to diving more into that Brad but okay. first of all I wanted to get more context about how you got into the game, and um, where where did you grow up? Are
1: you always? South side in- of Glasgow. I Southside. haven't ventured far still on <laughs> the south side. Um, my big brother, he jotted about because he played with Aberdeen and played out in Iceland. So he jotted about, but I've not. Southsiders don't travel far, <laughs> just for holidays and <laughs> that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, south side of Glasgow, mate.
0: Just to Tenerife and back.
1: <laughs> no this <laughs> year, but I, no, I'm going next week, actually, because the content's been lifted, but normally I'm out there every kinda 90 days or something to see my mum and dad, but uh, I normally it's a wee trip out there, mate.
0: That's no bad, that's no bad. So, do, tell me about how you got, like, who introduced you to, to football and who ignited that flame for you?
1: Totally. Um, my dad, my dad used to drop us off and pick us up absolutely everywhere. Well, so did my mum, because me and Jordan had to be in separate locations at probably the exact same time. So my mum would take me and my dad would take Jordan, and then it would be like vice versa. Um, But, guys, like honestly, if, if there's a role model parent out there for, as in a partnership, my mum and dad is just incredible. Um, That's why I'm so hardworking today. And obviously I, I failed as a footballer, but um, not through anything that my mum and dad didn't support me like a lot of people can come out and say you know what I had all the talent I didn't have anybody like giving me that nudge picking me up dropping me off and making sure I'm meeting right whereas my mum and dad I'm telling you done absolutely everything so that ignited my flame to be honest there's a driving uh, ambition in me and a bit of passion that there's only two people that want to kind of impress and trying to um and what I'm doing and it's my mum and dad like, they're so, obviously, proud of what I've achieved so far. But they're the two that I'm right, right, I want to go do this. And the first people I'm going to tell, it's going to be them. So, for mm-hmm. well, football, it's my mum and dad. they five years old, played with man United. Ten years old, signed with Aberdeen. And Aberdeen's a big commitment. You know what I mean? You're up and down there every second week. You're spending your summers over there, your Easter's. Um, and my mum and dad, they would come up and watch every, every single game. They loved it. It's just your boys at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a good parent, you forget my dad was also a Celtic fan and used to travel around Europe with them because they worked for Tenants. And Tenants, I'm sure, were the main sponsors back in the day. And little Carlin, sorry, they were the main sponsors as well. So he worked for these brands and he used to travel over And the second, main Jordan obviously started to get decent. they like, right. Can't be bothered with that anymore. I will go watch my boys play for Aberdeen and stuff. So, um, yeah, I've got them to thank, guys. I really do. So, were you, were you and Jordan both playing at Aberdeen at the same time? Aberdeen at the same time, mate. I, it, it was funny how it all worked out. Jordan was um, he signed, but by, by the John couldn't kick his backside up <laughs> to twelve years old. So when he gets signed by Aberdeen, me as a family all sat around the dinner table and like, "How did that?" Happen? <laughs> But all like that is incredible, and then he's a the hard, most hard-looking boy I've ever met in terms of like gym work. You've seen the shape; you probably on Instagram, guys. Um, football and used to be like under nineteens at Motherwell. I was there with him as well, and we'd all be sitting there one o'clock on our gear, ready to go home. And you can't go into one; all the jobs are done, like all the boots or the changing rooms, and everybody's like sitting there ready. And we go, where the hell is Jordan? And like, he's up the gym. And we just sit there for an hour waiting for Jordan <laughs> to finish the gym work. Um, so he made it because he, he worked so hard. At 12 years old, he signed Dean. I went to watch him over at Hamilton Palace. Um, and when I was over there, the head of youth came up and I was just doing keep you ups at the side of the pitch. And he's, you can see he had a wee bit of technique. And he's like, who do you play for? I was like, Men's United. And he goes, what are you doing Tuesday night? I was like, nothing. He's like, you want to come in and try. I was like, too right. And I, it, wasn't even a, it wasn't even a training match. It was a game against St Mirren. So it was like me against Kenny McLean and stuff like that. And I scored two goals. And then the next night, I think it was a, a wee training game. And then I got signed on the Friday. So it was like five days. <laughs> five <laughs> days, probably all turn around. And then that was me and Aberdeen player. So I you just never know when the opportunity is going to pop up. Got to be ready. Oh, that's
0: it, mate. It's usually when you least expect it as well, eh?
1: Exactly. Not really, is.
0: So how is that competitive dynamic between you and your brother? Because you obviously both uh, competitive people. If you, you, yep. you played at that level and, and, you know, you're striving for that level of success. No, how is a that great, that that's
1: a great question. Um, I'm sure some people would be um, envious. Uh, if I see um, the, mo- the most nervous I've ever been in football is watching Jordan stepping out at Parkhead for his debut. So that shows that we just support each other. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't believe how much I was absolutely bricking myself. Like, it was just an amazing experience for our whole family. Jordan stepping out and having like 50,000 at it. Um, but we've never been a pair that have been like, right, like, he's doing that. That means I need to go do this and better myself. It's been like, he's done brilliant, I'm dead happy for him, but I'll concentrate my own stuff as well, so never being competitive against each other, always just being supportive, making sure that if one's down, another lifts each other up and stuff, because we have, Listen, I'm saying as if it's been all rosy, like, it's not been at all, it's been a lot of roller coasters, John's had a lot of hiccups as well, um, just in his, his personal life, and he's got a real good bounce back ability, that if uh, I'm telling you, if you hear the stories he's been through and, and what he's achieved, like, it is quite something else. So we've we're just dead supportive rather than competitive against each other. Mm.
0: So transitioning to like men's football, how is that coming from your your experience in the youth academy and then stepping into that next level in men's football? How was that transition Probably
1: for you? Struggled with that a wee bit to be honest, guys. Um under 18s, and un- and un- reserves, captains, easy strolling through games and then played a couple of bounce games with the first team, strolled it, and I remember Jackie Mack and Simon Donnelly taking me aside after this bounce game, and I swear to God, I couldn't put anything wrong. Like, <laughs> it was one of those ones, everything i had done, I was like, this is incredible, I'm an absolute baller. <laughs> and I was up again, it was like Paul Payton, Ross Forbes, uh, Stuart Banigan, Sean Welsh, all these players, and I was like, I was like standing out in this bounce game, and I was like, this is absolutely brilliant, this, this is really easy. But, the frustrating part was like I wouldn't play, so I would do amazing this bounce game, and then it didn't matter because we were top of the league, we were winning every single game, and so that would then get me down. Do you know what I mean by that? Like I was never going to get an opportunity, so I should have. the the right thing to have done, that like you know about mindset and stuff like, that, was to just keep powering through, powering through it, and let them see that I'm ready to go at any opportunity, and even if it's for next season. But as I kind of down-tooled, I was like, oh, well, if the team's picked on a Monday because they won on a Saturday, then what's what's the point of me grafting Monday to Friday? Do you know what I mean? So I kind of just popped it about and went through the motions. Before you know it, you're released. (laughs) So for me, yeah, the transition to first-team football was hard. A lot of it is about timing. Um, If it was the season before I made my debut, if I was a year older the season before and was, like, developed the way I had and they hadn't produced all these different players that went on to win the league, then I'd have played a lot more. But I then stepped into a team that hardly got beat all year. Um and then went up to the premiership. So if I'm not getting a game in the championship, and then Alan Archibald turned around and go, well, you're not going to get a game in the premiership. So why would they give you a contract? So guys, a lot of breaking into first teams is a lot of the timing and the opportunities. So um I that's that was my stumbling block, bud was 18, 19, 20 years old, whatever it was, not breaking through at that first team. And I'm not the first and won't be the last that never did.
0: How did that affect you on the mental side of things as well? Did you, was that something that was, looking back on it, like a blessing in disguise almost? Blessing, or was it, still...
1: it, couldn't, it couldn't afford me anymore. mate. Patrick Thistle could not afford me anymore, so it's an absolute <laughs> blessing, trust me. Um But at the time, I, I'd already had in my head that I was going to go into business. It was probably about eight weeks before I'd came up with this idea. The idea failed. It was our st- statistical analysis business. Myself and Andrew Robin we put, and Sean McGee, who's the chief scout at um, Dundee United, we put this kind of small business together. And I'd done it already, kind of put the wheels in motion for this to happen if I was getting released. So set, the second I get released from Alan Archer, I remember sitting there thinking – like right, that's me like no more of this conversation anymore like I want to have my own destiny in my own hands I want to be on the other side of the table make, being the decision maker making sure that I'm looking after people and I'm doing things in the right way and that nobody will turn around to me again in my career and go nah not for us like you need to go look at something else like how many people have been made redundant this year it's incredible because of what's happened whereas I've built the business I've looked after myself I've got plans in place that no matter what kind of affects me, like it doesn't really matter, then my things, it's solid for the rest of my life. Um, so yeah, that's, that was a key thing for me, guys, was I'd been let go by Motherwell. I walked away from Aberdeen because of, not, Stephen O'Donnell was a right back, I wasn't getting a game. And then I walked away from Aberdeen, got let go by Motherwell and then got let go by Patrick Thistle. And then I was like, nah, no more. Like, uh, people can do that and keep getting rejection go to other clubs and bounce about one year contracts. I thought that is just not for me anymore.
0: Mm. So it sounds like you wanted to take that, take that control and and like have have your own sort of, well have your own sort of control over your own destiny, like you said. Guys, that, so
1: that, up- that is incredibly hard because we all realise as I launched a business, I was already doing one to ones when I was at Partick Thistle. So just mm-hmm. a bit of context, my contract at Partick Thistle was eighty pound a week, right. That was as, uh, I was 120 at 17 at Motherwell. Then I went down to 80 at 18, right? And if you think about 80 quid a week, right? When you get that on a monthly basis, you look at it in a month, you're like, I'm gonna spend that on Saturday night. (laughs) whatever it is, like 240, 320, I I can't remember what it was. And then I got into the first team. And don't get me wrong, this is like seven years ago, we're in the first division and stuff. The money was tight. And it was Ian Maxwell was the chief exec, my agent for me, right, you're getting a deal. And I was like, oh, brilliant, first team. man. this is what I've been waiting for my whole life, like starting to make a bit of money. He's like, it's £100 a week, an extra 20 quid. <laughs> so I was like, I burst it laughing. I was like, to fair, my agent, Tony Asker, he's a sporting director at uh, Dundee United. He's like, Brad, it's absolutely shocking. He's like, this is pish. So then they then put in, if Bradley makes 10 appearances, it'll work to 150. I was never going to make 10 appearances, but it was just to try and keep me happy. Tony mm-hmm. walks into the the meeting with me, and he's like, contract out. And he's like, right, Maxie, this contract's fucking pish. <laughs> 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 Just to let you know, I'm not happy with it. And I remember sitting there thinking, right, Tony, I know it's pish, but hopefully it doesn't whip it away from me after you're saying that. <laughs> but they were, they were kind of friends and stuff. But um, that's, to uh, give you context, the money I was on at Party Thistle was pish. So when I'm getting let go, I'm like, it's not as if I'm on three grand a week and I'm like, where's my next paycheck coming? I was on hundred pound a week playing first team, like, in the first team at Patrick Thistle. So I wasn't that bothered because I was making four or five hundred pounds a week doing one-to-ones. So I knew I had another calling in life. I'd be able to build businesses. It's all something I'd be interested I've always wanted, to, I've always sold everything. And, like, me and my pals used to sell whatever goods when we were at Motherwell. And, like, we're just always up to something. So mm-hmm. I just knew that I wanted to go and uh, make my own decisions in my life. So you've always had that sort of entrepreneurial mindset and that tendencies. Always, mate. And sorry, but as I was going to say to you, the when you launch a business, like you're not making any money at the start. Obviously, I was making money from one to one, but as a whole, myself and Andrew then launch a business. Be like, right, we'll have overheads. So it'll be marketing. It'll be this. We've now got two people. We need to pay. So you're not you're not making any money in your first year. Like me and Andy weren't making money for years. And you're seeing boys that you grew up with playing in the first team, and you're like how have I done? Like, you you (laughs) do start to doubt yourself. Um, But everything then plays round. Like, the boys start to then drop away. They start to play part-time football. And all of a sudden, your business starts to go from length to length. Um, And then all the boys are then reaching out to you, wanting to come in and want to coach and stuff. So it all does 360. It's all worked itself out. Um, That's not to say I don't want the boys to go and do amazing. Like, I'd, I'd love for them to go and do brilliant. But at the time, I was like, bloody hell, Brad, like, what how these boys went away and played all these games and you're struggling to make a penny and stuff so um that's where you start to doubt yourself and the entrepreneurial mindset you're you're bang on i'll never i've never worked for anybody other than working for a football club Mm and i I don't think i will be able to it's just i'm not able to breathe whilst i'm doing it it's just my, my andy's my business partner he's worse the second somebody tells him to do something, it's like, "What? Who does he think he is? Like, <laughs> this is not what I'm in this game for. Like, we do our own thing. This is our life. Like, this is what we do." And uh, I buzz off that. Do you know what I mean? I absolutely love it. Sometimes with myself and Andrew, I don't know if you've met Andrew before. Yeah, um, yeah. You've Andrew? <laughs> I have. Yeah, you met Andrew. So he's obviously he's he's my best friend. We went to school together. He's my business partner, and there's times where I'm like, right, kind of, I could be flexible, right, we'll go do this. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, we've built this for five years. Like, this this business is, like, booming right now. We don't need to go do all these things anymore. Like, this is us set. Like, it's going really well. We just need to grow and, and strengthen certain areas. Like, we're building an app right now. Um, so, yeah, like, that's where having a business partner, and having somebody to bounce off of, decision-making, like, I would make worse decisions without having somebody like Andy mm. by my side.
0: Uh, to back you up. Omar. Aye, to,
1: exactly. In another point of view. Uh, I
0: mind. Uh, I did. I did meet uh, Andrew when he came with his drone. Oh yeah, the, yes, the yes thing, and in sort, sort of video and stuff. I. Yeah, yeah. Probably could have picked a better player to video like because <laughs> I was, he was probably there for like. I think we that video. Thank God! Eh, thank God! <laughs> yeah. it really exposed me. Um, <laughs> Aye, so the 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 freedom that comes with like having your own business and being an yeah. entrepreneur is that something that like I, when I think of entrepreneur, I used to think of you know sitting on the beach doing whatever yeah. you want because you know you are an entrepreneur, you're living this lifestyle. But in reality, is it more you're putting in more work than you would if you were just on a contracted? You know, forty hours
1: so a week basis. Totally. Bob, well, you're totally right. If if you've done your um, if if you stepped into the entrepreneurial game and stepping into business, the success and the way you can look at it is freedom. It's been able to quarantine last yesterday gets announced that in Tenerife is going to be lifted on Sunday been able to just go right to bang, I'm away next week, I'm flying away for five days. Instead, of having to plug in and go, can I get my holidays in, is that okay? And some dick of a boss turns around and go, nah, you can't, because I'm going away and stuff, and then you're sitting there and you can't do it. And that just ends up putting you into depression and stuff. So for me, and that myself, and Andrew, I speak for him as well, that's always just been our key thing. Is if we want to go do something, like we go and do it. Um, and that's not came from the first year taking five hour work weeks and being like, ah, we're chilling out, it's fine. That's from, my God, the work that we've put in is, it was scary. We used to do all-nighters. We used to do all-nighters. Like, you know, like, as a kid, you do an all-nighter. Like, <laughs> over. We do all-nighters walking. We used to go both stay up all night. We're, we're, like, we're coaching in the evening. we am going to come to yours. We're going to do marketing. We're going to strategize. I swear to God, we go up all night. And then I remember I was that tired. I was sick outside a meeting at nine o'clock in the morning I drove up (laughs) to Andrews for this quick meeting and drove back down and I was actually physically sick outside the meeting and I was that tired so like that's the kind of that was just stupid right that's stupid you don't need to do that but that's how motivated and hungry we were we used to do all nighters sleep in the office and stuff and um, and that was just the spirit of what we wanted to do we knew we had something we knew that I was um, I was good at what I done in terms of being front of house talking to people i'm a good coach brilliant my kids and uh, not the be all and end all in terms of like i've not got massive um knowledge in terms of coaching stuff like that but i, I know the game well mm-hmm. um i know how kids want to be spoke to um kids if they for instance if i've been taking a kid for the last five years doing one-to-ones i used to do 40 50 one-to-ones a week and you think how hard that is to try fit in because you've only got three hours in the evening to sell four to seven So that was 4 to 7, 4 to 7, 4 to 7, 4 to 7, Monday to Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday, I would do 10 o'clock in the morning to 7 o'clock at night. So that was another nine sessions. And that was high energy, like tempo. So for me doing that for a couple of years, I had to then turn around to the, 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 the kids that I used to coach and go, listen, I can't take you anymore. We're doing 150 sessions a week. I need to organize them all. I need to make sure everybody's happy. I need to make sure the coaches are happy. And then they go into a session with one of my other coaches. And I was like, how was it? He's like, it's just not the same. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you talk to me as if I'm your best pal. <laughs> he's like, and I'm eight years old. <laughs> so I had a good way with him. And Andy, obviously, he's brought with my marketing and, and operations. And we just bounced off each other. So um, at the start, we knew we had something good. We knew we, we, the, the scheduling and the, um, the actual one-to-ones wasn't a thing back in the day five, six years ago. Now it's everywhere. Whereas mm-hmm. when we started, our first marketing video was a kind of explanation video of what a, what a one-to-one is. We actually had to explain to the market what was involved in a one-to-one session, what to expect and what you'll get. And now it's just the, the go-to thing when you start an academy.
0: And then you transitioned into offering more more sports as well. Is that is that correct? Yeah,
1: well, to be fair, what we've done was we launched tennis, we launched um lunch tennis and we launched golf but football just became so big they were like right we, we, we've got them on lock they they know how to do it we'll sort it all out in time being once the app comes in to play um everything will go online as well um but the football has it just got that big and out of control that it was it was making a lot of money we had to just focus on it so we didn't we didn't make a lot of money and then take an eye off the ball and lose it all We wanted to make, obviously it wasn't a lot of money. It was just good money. We wanted to make sure that's churning itself over so that when we then go to take our eye off it, it then just operates itself.
0: Mm.
1: So we've got like a head coach that runs things for us. We've got different coaches that will step in in different camps and all these different ideas. So um, the business now, like that's what I'm saying, it it runs itself and that's took five years for it to, to get to that kind of level. How was it stepping
0: back from it for the first time? Because obviously that was a baby. That was a baby.
1: Couldn't do it. (laughs) I couldn't do it. Um, That's a great question. I remember we had an investor, right? It was not the right to start probably two years into one-to-one sports coaching. We sat down with somebody and said, you know, like, I think we've got something here. Um, We need X amount. Um, We're willing to sell a certain percentage. He ended up putting more money in and buying like a bigger percentage, which was fine. But we just recently bought him out. Um But I remember, uh, well, I was just two years into it, he goes, you need to step back, Bradley, and you need to make sure that you're not doing 40 hours of coaching and you're doing 40 hours of getting new coaches, um, talking to customers, making sure everybody's happy, um, expanding it out, expanding it out. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it for the life of me. I couldn't get off the pitch. I was that worried, that scared that... Um, every second I took my foot away from the venue, away from where we were making all the money, that we'd struggle, that all the standards would drop, the, the people would leave us and stuff. So that's like, when I say it took five years for me to be able to do that, it took five years. And that's somebody telling me, two years into it, you need to step back. And it took another three years for me to actually step back and go, right, we're in a place now that I can step back. and I probably coach maybe 10 hours a month now. And that's it. I mean, that's, that's only two, three hours a week. Mm. So that's, and that for me, in terms of like my body, and the, also that you had a lot to do with mental health, and this is an empowered podcast. Mental health is massive and everything. If you're doing 40 hours a week out in the freezing colds, getting pissed on, maybe you've got a session, your kid's four o'clock, Dundee United player, and he's 13 years old. Your next session is a four-year-old that's never seen a ball before. Like, it's tough. And it's grueling. So, if you're doing that for two, or three years, your like, mental health starts to think, like, you know what, Oof, I'm not going to do this anymore. So, I did get warned that might happen. And it did start to happen that I'm thinking, I'm burning myself out. Like it's a famous thing, burning yourself out. And it started to happen to me. So, that's why I managed to kind of just step back and allow it to run itself.
0: And see, when you were, you were like during your coaching when you were doing that in your business. Was it ever a thought that you were wanting to represent talent? Was that ever, did that ever come into your your, your, your mind? And, and was that a, a goal that you had for quite oh, a while? Or was that? It,
1: no, before I launched to my Sports Coaching, I'd done a bit of work with mobile sports management just to kind of learn and learn the game of the agency work. Um, Our first business that we had, we, as I said, Tony, the guy, Tony Ashka. We rented space off him, and he had a sports agency. So our first business rented office space off a sports agency. So we knew kind of what was going on. And then i done a wee bit of work with a sports agency and then stepped away for like four years before going back into the game because I wanted to go. Because it's really hard to make money in the agency game because if I've got a player at Hearts, so if I've got Mackenzie Lawler, who I represent at Hearts, and he gets a new deal right now, he's 17 years old. So I've been working for him for 18 months. He signs a new deal, 17. He can't get paid for over, from under 18 players. At like hearts and stuff like that have to be over 18. So there's two and a half years of work before you actually make a penny. Do you know what I mean? So like that's that's tough. So you need – so that's, I knew that. I knew that if I'm launching an agency nothing else, trust me when I'm saying there'll be no money. Like there, there is no money. I needed – cash flow, I needed something behind me that would be churning me over, a good wage so that I could then go and represent players, do it right and not have to charge the player. We don't charge the player, we charge the club. So if we sign a player, Gary Tickle and he's two grand a week at 20 years old and he signs for Wigan you don't pay us 5%, the club would pay us 5% over your contract and stuff. Um, So it's like 105% I mean, it's an agency fee that the club would pay you. So I always had the idea that I would go on to represent players. I've always loved doing deals. It excites me. I know the game. I know the finances. Um, I know how to get players into clubs. Uh, that's always been... And I knew I had something unique to sell. Been able to bring somebody into my ecosystem and develop them, spend money on them, give them opportunities, give them jobs. And then in two years' time, like for instance... The perfect example is, I don't know if you know Mohamed Niyang plays for Party Thistle. Senna, his name is. And nice he's like the League One kind of player to watch, and I represent him. So through the summer there, we sat down. And he's like, Bradley he phoned me, and he's like, I'm about to leave my agent. Like, will you represent me? So I said, yep, absolutely no problem. And this is through a boy I represented, Evan Galasso. So he recommended me. So Senna phones me and goes, Will you represent me? I said, that's absolutely fine. It's in lockdown right now. Like I can't sign you, but we'll we'll get the contract sorted. Um, I said, but the first thing I want you to do is he's like six foot two, all right. He's massive. So I was like, At the time, he wasn't that big, though. Like, he was kind of skinny and stuff. I was like, you've got this body. I think we can turn into a monster. I said, first things first, I want you. It was lockdown. So he was in my back garden three times a week doing personal training with my brother. (laughs) So it's cost me like £100 a week um, over like two, three months. And he went back to pre-season, an animal, an absolute animal. like animal. Ripped, built, (laughs) um, fit. He'd been coaching all summer with us as well. So his touch was on point, he was doing it. We launched an initiative for professional footballers to come and train with us all free of charge. Um, oh, yeah, I remember that. that. I remember that. that. was just to help everybody out. Like, if your training's cancelled for the next four months, we'll do it all free of charge for you. Come in and train and help, obviously, for fitness and mental health. And so he trained every single day. And now McCall and all that are absolutely buzzing off him. Um, there'll be a new contract there for him. So that's how our business is spend a bit of money on them at the start. And then you'll be able to get return on your investment in a year or two. So mm. that's a, a prime example of how it works.
0: It seems like it's a, very much a game of longevity, you know, and an investment game instead of a quick yeah. type.
1: It totally um, is. You need, your scouting's got to be good. Your scouting's got to be good because if I sign a player, and it will happen, I'll, I'll lose money on players, but I'm prepared to do that right now because I want to offer all the boys the same service. I want to make sure they're all looked after. There will come a point where I'll sign a player and go this isn't for you like you're not you're not at this level yet um, but I'll help you out with all the other things but like once you get to this level then I'll be able to invest more money in you because like I'll be losing money all the, all the way so I need to get them up to a certain level get them into a certain club and then I can do all the different aspects with them but for right now every player that I've got all gets personal training jobs for them financial advisors like the lots and it's, it costs a lot of money but I'm doing it for them because I believe in the boys that I represent. I believe they've got the opportunity to go and kick on, and I'm sure they will.
0: Mm. So it's very much like your, your, your sports agency is like nurturing players and yeah. nurturing their potential.
1: Is that... I, is I said, as I say, I don't know if I said it at the start, but it's identifying undervalued talent, developing like them, seeing uh, where a club club Senna was training with the as you say the bomb squad last year and he wasn't even involved in the first team boys used to get called up to the first team and it was never Senna, never Senna. but he had a two he went to Montrose on loan and done quite well so Thistle gave him a new contract and then and then at Montrose he wasn't getting a game and I was like these guys aren't seeing what I'm seeing they're not seeing it so that's, I wanted to take a gamble on him and invest in him and make sure we could help him out. And then this time, I'm know fine well my phone's going to ring over the next two months. It's going to be Patrick Thistle, try to offer my a new deal. Um, so that's us like, identifying. Like don't care what anyone else is saying about the player. What, what do I see and what do I think I can help out with? Tom Lang, a friend of mine, even though he's a friend, I watched him play Clyde against, I think it was Queen's Park, and thinking, how how are you playing at this level? You are miles above this miles above this bring him into my ecosystem help him out all these different aspects become a, a better positive man also give him somebody that believes in him do you know what I mean he might be thinking it's just me and my football and I've got my dad whereas now he's got Bradley that's constantly like trying to push him forward and give him opportunities and, and tell him that he's a, a good player and should believe in himself so he's now got this other figure in his life that believes in him and then he then gets his move to Dunfermline so that's, I don't care what clubs think of players. It's what I think of them. And if I can develop them and make them better, then like we'll be the ones laughing in the end because we've got the talent and we look after them.
0: It also sounds like you keep the players accountable to themselves as well. You know what I mean? By yep. offering them, you know, like you're saying, personal training services, you know, give them like, sometimes if things aren't going well, a shoulder to cry on, yep. figuratively. Um or literally, whatever.
1: <laughs> From the weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, you're right. You're, uh, you're it's
0: right. all encompassing. You know what I'm trying to say?
1: Yeah, totally. It's um, we at the start, um, our initial meeting, I say to them, listen, I'm I, like, I'm a workaholic. I'm going to go all in on you. If you're not all in on me, let's rip up this contract. A month in, like, I'm not interested. If you're, for instance, at Senna, if you're interested in staying at Partick Thistle for the rest of your life. I'm not interested in representing you. I want boys to go to the very top and I want to try and help them get uh, get there. So if you're willing to put in the work, that I'm willing to put in the work as well. But if I feel as though you're not and I feel as though you're slacking, like I'm just not interested, I've got too much on, I've got too much going on in my life that if I think that you're just mucking about and I'm getting you sorted with a personal trainer, it's costing me £30 an hour, you're walking out and you're jumping down to Starbucks and then, and then having a... Panini and caramel lattes filled with fat and sugars. I'm not interested in that. If you're going to do it properly and you're going to develop. And if it doesn't work out, then that's absolutely fine. But at least we can both turn around the, the two years a representation contract has. We can both turn around to each other and go, we gave that a right good bash and it never worked out. Like maybe the talent wasn't there. Maybe injuries happen, like Touchwood, That doesn't happen, but that, that can happen to many, many players that they get injured and it just doesn't work out. So, I want to have that opportunity. In two years' time, we both turn around my smile on our face and went, you know what, like, that was – we gave it our all. But let's do another one. Let's do another contract and keep going. Or mm-hmm. we shake hands and go, like, we just don't work with, with each other anymore, but we're still friends.
0: And what, what motivated you to, to offer such a service? Did Was that lacking – was that something that you nobody feel else like
1: – Nobody else does it. Nobody I, else I was got- about to say. Aye, nobody else, guys. It's a great question, mate. It's nobody else – um, has one? I don't think anyone cares as much as what I do about my boys and stuff like, so that's key for instance if I've got Michael Cunningham that's just went to Edinburgh City on loan from Dundee he's, he's skin and bone striker like I know fine well Dundee will tell him oh you need to get bigger and then that's it right, see you later but that, that's, what they, that's what clubs do they tell somebody something but they don't actually that's their employee that's their asset physically grab them in Here's your meal plan. Go give that to your mum and dad when you're home. That's what you're eating from now on. And this is what you're doing in the gym. You're lifting heavy. Five sets of five. We need to get you bigger, more explosive. That doesn't happen. I can guarantee it. Whereas I grab the boys in and go, I'm representing you now. You're skin and bone. That is an excuse for a club to let you go. Don't give the club an excuse. Let's build you up. Let's get you bigger. Let's make sure you're... Because like Michael Cunningham, a talented, talented player, um, he bangs in goals at youth level. He's now went out and to Edinburgh City. I'm sure he will do well. And again, he'll develop and he'll get bigger and he'll get stronger. But don't give the clubs an excuse to let you go. Whereas I've fallen guilty to that. I've gave clubs excuse. I've been let go in the past by certain things. Um, so yeah, I, I've had agents in the past that they, they don't do much. They just, a text, how are you getting on? Are you getting a new contract? I'll sort that out for you, come see us. Um, and that's it, do you know what I mean? Like That's that's not for me, that's not what an agency should do. That's not, an, that's not enough of a service to demand money for. How can I turn around? And demand five percent of an agency fee like contract, from you if i've not spoke to you all year how does that make sense like i'd feel guilty i'd feel guilty for instance like doing tom's deal last week um we managed to get my deal that any full-time club would have struggled to compete with and that's why he's went to clyde and also he's valued at clyde he'll go play every year but i imagine we've got a few clubs interested that it's going to be tough to keep him part-time the reason he went there was the finances were fantastic for him. He had a great opportunity to go get some real good cash. And then by the end of it, um, and obviously he's going to go play, he loves it. And so that's, that came across terribly there, thinking that he just signed mm. bloody money. That came too no, no. bad. Uh, but obviously he's going to go play and, and he loves his football. We hadn't really played at them firmly and stuff. So Danny Lennon pushed all the boats out for him. So he went and signed there. By the end of it, like I'm not, I wasn't interested in taking any money out of the deal. And um, Tom got a, a big fee for signing for them. And he said, right, I want you to take 10% of the fee. And I was like, Tom, like, first of all, like, that's amazing. Like, thanks very much. But I'm in contract to 10%. Like, I'm 5%. So if we're, we're going to do anything, it'd be 5%. He's like, whatever, mate. He just, you do so much for us. Like, I want you to take that. When I, was, I hadn't even asked, I didn't even want anything. it. wanted him to have all the money. So um, that just shows you if you do it right and you do it in the right way, then boys will... Um, Always will look after myself in the in the long run as well. Um, loyalty in football Gary, as you know, it's few and far between. Um, I, I do expect to get stabbed in the back, and I'm I'm waiting for it. It's not happened yet, but I'm waiting for it. Um, but like when the time comes, I'll be able to turn around and go, you know what, that's on them. Like they're the snake here because I've done everything I can to make sure they're well looked after. So that doesn't worry me. It wants to keep me up at night. and uh, it
0: feels like that the the service that you prov- provide to these players they want uh, obviously from the story you just told they want to give back to you because they realise how much how different your service is compared to like you're saying agents that text you like once a year like what what yeah. good would that be Ken especially when at the end of the day this is people's dreams that are that are, on, that are that they're working towards that are on the line
1: yeah but just fun and um, a key thing is when like who am I to turn around, so I'm 27 and I, I represent a 17 year old. And when I sign them, I'm like, right, your mum and dad, like, I'll look after them. I don't want to talk to your mum and dad anymore. Like, it's just you and me. Like, I'll sort it out for now. If you. Agencies do that. Pardon me. Agencies do that, Gary. They say the player, the, the, the second you turn 18, like, your parent can't have any contact with us. It's just you and, uh, you and me. I think that's absolutely shocking. Mm. So for me, it's who your kids have been. Sorry, your parents have been dropping you off uh, the pissing rain and snow, whatever it may be since you've been four years old at uh, the park every Saturday morning watching you stand and then all of a sudden at 18 years old some agent turns up and tries to like shun them aside and look after you and do all your stuff for you. Like for me, it's a collective team, team environment. So when we come in and a young lad might just want to come in himself and just have the meeting himself, which is absolutely fine. But I'm always keen to get your mum and dad in here let them come and experience what you're going to be receiving as a footballer. And then that's when, like, for instance, a young boy, Aidan Denham, his mum and dad, um, I reached out to Aiden. I said, listen, I've watched you play. Like, keen to get you in the agency and represent you. First and foremost, I've put a presentation together. It's about you, what you're like as a player what I think I can help with um, and what I'm like, what I'm like as a representative and what I think I can do for you. So he's like, right, I can't make it, but my mum and dad will meet you. So I hired a room, and um, an office room in Edinburgh. I went through it, meet them, presented to them. And they're like, our son will sign you, like, 100%. Like, he'll be with you for God knows how many years, but as, as long as you do a good job, obviously. But, like, he'll sign with you. So for me... The parents are decision-makers as well. The parents are involved in everything. For as long as I'm an agent, I want the family involved in um, helping with the process. Because if I turn around to Gary Tickle, and I go, right, I've got a deal for you in Cambodia, and it's five grand a week, you're like, that sounds brilliant, I'm there, I'm, I'm all in. And then your mum and dad turn around to me and go, uh, by the way, he gets homesick when he goes to work. Never mind, i go going to Cambodia. <laughs> And I've just signed this deal with you and you go out there and you last a week. So your parents know more about your personality, your makeup than I ever will. So I need their advice on certain things.
0: Mm. How, it comes back to your experience as well, because like you said, the most important people when you were growing up and the, person who, or the people who ignited your flame was your parents. Yep. So how would you feel if you had a son and you've invested so much time, commitment, love and energy into... Developing your son or daughter, yep. and a football agent turns in and says, no, "Listen, uh, I'm just going to deal with your son now, and it's just strictly between me and
1: you're going to be pissed off." Pissed off, exactly. it's just you're, you're spot on, you're spot on, and my my boy is well looked after with my academy and agency. If he's not a baller, then Jesus <laughs> man, I've got no chance. <laughs> uh, but no, you're spot on. Uh, like, how, how can somebody step in and be um? And just look after this young lad and, and push the parents away. Like for me, it's a collective team. It's a collective uh, environment we have to produce for the kids. It
0: was uh, it was I'm pretty sure Sir Alex Ferguson was a big uh, believer in that as well. He'd always used to. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere he always used to get um you know people's or youth players' parents involved as much as possible because they know how much of. A, like the decisions yeah. are actually made by by
1: the mums. That's what he said. It is was that the mums. It? it was the mums. I. He would always say, "You win the mum, you win the footballer." So if you try to sign a player, like you have to focus your attention on the mum and t- tell about how much that you're going to sort out the kid and stuff because the mum is the decision maker in the family when it comes to the boy. So yeah, you're you're, you're right in that one, and that's interesting you say that.
0: To be fair, if you're following in the footsteps of Sir Alex Ferguson, you kind of you kind of be much that, uh, oh,
1: exactly, especially when it comes he, to signing players. Uh,
0: he, was, he, was a, he was top of his game at that. Like,
1: And that's where, like, even myself, like learning through the last 18 months of like recruiting players and bringing players in, I start off like initial conversations and then you, you've got to look the player in the eye and see what the twinkle is in certain um, buzzwords you use. Is it money? Is it big clubs? Is it development plans? Is it training? All these different things. As soon as you start to see what they're interested in, then you play on that. Do you know what I mean? So if i am got a player that, for instance, I had a night out, it was like the very last night of lockdown, like maybe in March or something. And uh, we all end up in a, a lock-in in Shawlands in and a place in Southside, and it was me, my friend, another lad in Aiden McGeady. And I, I'd never met Aidan McGeady before, and we were sitting all night, and he was just asking me about what I do and stuff. And he was like, see if you are my agent. He used to, I, was like, I wouldn't be interested in personal trainers. I wouldn't be interested in sports psychology. He's like, I'm getting, all right, I'm getting that Celtic already. He's like, all I want you to do is to come in and get me the most amount of money possible. He's like, that's all I care about. He's like, you get me the most amount of money um, and I'll be happy. That's why you're my agent. So that's what you, I then learned that night, like, okay, big players, they're not interested in development plans and all this and we can sort this out. They want, cash in hand they want money in the pocket whereas a 16 year old at Hearts or at Pathak Thistle they want the training they want to be developed and then which is great like 100% and then when they turn 21 they want the big move and they want the money so you've got to play on what level they're at and what age they are and stuff so I've learned that i learned that through Aiden to be fair
0: yeah, so it seems like it's a, it's a very tailored thing to each player I, not like yeah. one size
1: fits all it won't it'll never work that it'll never work and you can't represent them all the same as well like some lads need a bit of space and some lads and you need to be on them, um, but yeah, like and some boys you say, "Brad, just get the deal done." I don't care about the money. And others are like, "No, fuck that!" Like I'm not signing that. I'm, I need more money. I need this. I need that. So that's my job to then relay that in a positive way. <laughs> you can't just say, "No, fuck that." We're not taking it. Um, so yeah, that's where you have to you have to represent the players all differently and make sure that they're looked after well.
0: Um, another, another thing I wanted to ask you, Brad, is you seem to me like someone who's a doer. You just go out, get things done, get shit done. Was there ever a time in, in your career to where you are now where that wasn't as easy for you? you were, there was more procrastination? Because the reason I'm asking that is because in hindsight, looking back on some of the periods in my life, Like, procrastination was the only thing I was doing. I wasn't taking no action. I was thinking about taking action, but I wasn't actually doing it. I
1: agree. Guys, you're, honestly, you're buying on there. Um, I think that comes with age. I think it comes with age. See, 16, 17. I'd sit at night and I'd be looking at, honestly, that's what I used to do. I used to look at, like, photos of, like, Miami and Vegas and be like, I want to be out there. I want to be living a life out there and stuff. And I'm like, what am I actually doing to get there? Why am I not in the gym? Oh, like, why am I not doing this? Why am I? And just, that is, I've never actually thought of that. No, you're spot on. I used to sit and do absolutely nothing about um, achieving your goals. Achieving your goals. And it's until me, my me and Andrew, always talk about this until your back's against the wall. So, see, when I get let like, go by Patrick Thistle and I think, I'm fucked here. Like, I've got nothing, I've got no education to fall back on. All I've got is an entrepreneurial spirit. I knew how to make money, but my back was against the wall. I can't play football anymore at a decent level. Dumbarton asked me and wanting in my contract wasn't interested so I knew I had to go out and go get it so as soon as my back against the wall the only place was forward and forward is the only momentum we wanted to keep going so until that happened you're right procrastination um, wasn't a go-getter at all like worked hard guys I'm playing myself down a wee bit but like compared to what I am now in terms of going and achieving things, getting things done and um, constantly just trying to get deals done. Um, we've got some big, big projects that I can't say in the moment because if it falls in its ass, then I'm a bit scuttled. Mm. but over the like, I can come on again in six months time. And you'll be like, how did you just pull that out of the bag? Like you'll <laughs> never know. And it's like something these companies have never done before, like never done. Um, uh anyway, I can't go into that too much, but I'll swear to God, because we're saying we're duels, I'm gonna get this done and I'm gonna come back to you and go, Told you, I've told you I could get it done. And I'm gonna hold you to that. Hold me to that. Because see if I don't, oh Jesus, you need know, to slap me. I say that <laughs> say this to my business partner, Anna. If like, we don't get that done, slap us, man, because that's embarrassing. Um, but anyway, yeah, guys, you're buying one I think it comes with age, mate. I think it comes with age, life lessons, rejection helps. Do you know what I mean? It's me being rejected by Motherwell, Patrick Thistle, um, and then a bit in my head thinking, I'll prove you wrong. I won't prove you wrong on the pitch. I'll prove you wrong and I'll come by this football club in 15 years. I'll prove you wrong that I'll be on the other side. I'm re- I am a footballer, centre. You, you're dying to give him a new contract. I'm the decision maker now. He's not wanting to sign because I've got Charlton Millwall wanting to sign him. That's more, I'd say, the proving somebody wrong. Wasn't able to do it on the pitch, hold my hands up to that, but I can definitely prove somebody that I'm worth something um in business sense, other than try to be a footballer.
0: And it feels like that really shows in your ventures that you've pursued yep. after you've been let let go. Um and is, is there any is there any things like is there any things outside football that we'd be surprised to 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 learn about if you've got any hobbies, Uh, not necessarily football, but, you know, it's like almost a a guilty pleasure to yours. A guilty pleasure, bloody hell.
1: (laughs) No, to to be fair, like, I'm single, so the amount of dates I went on last (laughs) year, like, you would have been a scary number for you.
0: Yes.
1: and you got a girlfriend?
0: No, no, I'm too clever for that shit. (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah, good man. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, love it. Like, so funny, though, so, so funny, right? Um... Like, I love, like, this is, this is gone off topic, right, but it seems to completely like the I love the chase, like, chasing birds and stuff like me, and my pals. I always have a laugh about it. Um, and then yesterday, like, this is, like, what? age you now, Gary? 20. 20, right. Like, Jesus Christ, man, I'm so young. And uh, I know I'm 27, as if I'm, like, talking down to you there. Not at all, but you've got, like, seven years to, like, what you can achieve in seven years. Well, what I've done right now, mate, you would surpass me. I'm telling you, mate, like, seven years is a long time for what, if you want to start something right now and grow it, like, that's incredible. Um, so anyway, we're talking about, like, chasing birds and stuff, that's always, like, a pastime, like, you know what I mean? You're, like, you're talking to girls and you're doing this, you're taking them out on dates and going on holidays and that. And uh, yesterday, honestly, it was only yesterday, I was sitting waiting to get my hair cut, I'm on Facebook, you know how you end up uh, scrolling through the videos because it's, like, one after the other. Mm. Dambo's earring, I was like, oh, my God, I've never seen that guy in ages, Dambo's eating, And it was just this guy interviewing him. And the guy was pure dumbfounded about his like lifestyle and stuff, and I was like, I'm gonna watch this. So it's ten minutes, and Dan eating was like, Don't chase girls, like don't chase them. He's like, Set your life up. So if you're 20 and you want to say maybe get a girlfriend at 25, you give five years to set your life up so that the girl comes to you, so that everybody knows Gary Tickle, so that you've got. I'm not saying go get a big car and go get a big house, but like go and be a success and go and be uh, a name. Not a household name, but a name that everybody knows and people want to be involved with. You're a positive person and a successful person. And then that's where it works is when the girl chases you. And I was like, my God, I've been playing this game all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I've been chasing girls the last seven years and I've last like two, or three months and I know what the next and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, like that's not a pastime. I'm saying like that's something that might surprise you is like the amount of dates oh. we end up going on.
0: <laughs> that, that seems like uh, it translates into the business world as well from the comparison from going out and reaching out to players, trying to get them into your sports agency yeah. compared to recently, where it's more inbound leads that you've had to turn away.
1: Are you bang on? Yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on. Um, once you've proven a success, once you've proven you're someday that people want to be around, um, once you know you can do a good job for them, um, and then think about that, girls, like Girls will look at a guy that I want to be around them. Do people know him? Is um, he positive? Is a successful? Like, it's the same as footballers. They might look at me and go, "Like, don't get me wrong, there be footballers out there thinking, who's this wee dick? Like, thinking he's running around, doing deals and stuff like that. But, um, I love that. I actually love that someday, like, not not everybody will know who I am, but I love that footballers will look at us and go, who does this guy I think he is? But then they'll see him three years time. Fucking hell, this boy's done all right. Like, he's done well for himself um so yeah you're, you're spot on go and go and get everything set up go get your life set up go get your business set up and once you start doing a good job and make a success you the leads become inbound rather than outbound yeah you're spot on i well thought of mate
0: and um, just a couple another question to start to sort of wrap up this podcast mate here's another one for you yeah um what purchase right of 100 pound or less in the last year or recent memory has most positively impacted you. So I'll give you some time to think, right? So Okay. Tell, I, me, tell me, yours. I, I well not too recently, but about six to eight months ago I bought, I was struggling to get up in the morning, right? So I bought an alarm clock yep. that is a, it's called a sunrise alarm clock. So half an hour, say I set my alarm for 7.30, mm-hmm. at seven o'clock it gradually starts to uh, emit light more and more intense, intensely until half seven, then the alarm goes off. Class. And that's like, I would never go back to a normal alarm clock because yeah. that, that has just transformed my mornings. It's made it much, much more easier to, to get up.
1: That's fun. I like that one. I like that. Um, oh, Jesus, 100 pound or less. This. this is a boring answer. Right? I swear to God, I'm such a bad eater. A blender. A blender. See? Oh, my God. Seeing terms of getting <laughs> like, your vitamins and your nutrients in and stuff like that, and I can't cook, so it's just banging protein, oats, water, whatever it may be, into a blender. Like, that is a shite answer, but that's <laughs> all I'm giving you. Uh, other than that, mate, I, I can't remember what else it would have been decent, but that's had a positive impact on my life and my, my body and stuff. A blender helped me massively. To be
0: fair, I think I need to get my, my hands on a, blend, a blender. You don't have but a blender, no. I, I can't my...
1: cook for shit either. Oh, I'm telling you, like a smoothie, like fruit, whatever it may be, blender, bang, bit ice in it, you're away. Like, helps massively. Um, other than that, guys, like, I'm going to have a quick look around, but <laughs> nothing, £100 or less is... No, that, nothing, that, exciting that a hun- nothing exciting for £100 or less. <laughs> like, we're going big, i go home. Oh, no,
0: no. <laughs> to be fair, that, that answer suffice, like, uh, that, I enjoyed it. that answer.
1: What, uh, else? So, what about the other podcasts? Did anyone else give you anything decent from that answer?
0: To be fair, you're the first person to ask me. I asked, Me, I'll probably need uh, to make okay. that a staple. Yeah. a staple in, in the podcast but to, to wrap us up on the final question yep. I'm going to ask you Brad what was a piece of empowering advice that you commonly find given to either your players or some of your, your the players that you coach or what's yep. an empowering piece of, of advice that you've received by maybe a role model or, or someone of, that you look up to
1: um, See what I've literally just said, go big or go home like that is me all over now. Like, honestly, not interested in anything small, not interested in something that just isn't a massive goal. Like, see when I'm saying about what we, the project we've got in place. Like this has took three years for this project. Like we spoke about it and we spoke about it and we visualize it and we see it. And it is like it's I can't go into it too much because like I can get stung in a few areas, but it's a massive massive goal that people look and go how how can you do that how that's not possible people of your level and stuff like that so for me the bit go big or go home aspect of things is what it's all about why would you play small why would you look to if you're a footballer and you're at Queens Park why, why, why would you want to stay there for 15 years like go for it give it everything you've got and if you fall shortly because like, it Reach for the stars, and if you if you don't reach them, I'm telling you, you fucking do alright anyway because you've already got to, to get there. <laughs> that's so, a cool, That's a new one. That's a new one. That's
0: getting fucking,
1: quoted, mate. You'll fucking be alright because you try to reach for the stars and you're up there anyway. So uh, for me, that. yeah, like go big or go home. There's not. Don't bore me with anything small. Like let's look at something massive and give it everything go. Because I remember probably about six months ago, I. Uh, she's chatting to this girl and stuff like, and she's like how come you've always got like how come you're all so excited and I was like because I've always got about three things going on in my life that are if one of them comes off I've just broke a ceiling and I'm at the next level so like two of them might because I'm constantly trying to put plans in place and projects and stuff that if two of them fall away it's absolutely fine and one of them all of a sudden gets me to that next level both of you broke through this ceiling and then all of a sudden you're meeting new people, new contacts, bringing into new networks. Like the amount of millionaire friends that I've got that are like 40 years old that want to do business with myself and Andrew and stuff are constantly, like when I mean constantly offering us money, like it would, it's, it would scale you. Like the deals that we have in place with millionaires are always like, we're in, we're in, we're in. So for me, I've always in my life had goals that are that big and projects that are that big that, if they don't come off, it's fine because we've got all this going on. But that's what we're aiming for. So if one of if that comes off, you're bang, you're into this next level. So I go big or go home. Same with the players. Let's go for it, boys. If you you want to stay small, you can stay small. But I won't be interested. If you want to go big, then then let's go for it. I
0: love that. I love that. Go all in.
1: All in. My man. The chips all the way in. All in. Exactly. Love that.
0: Well, that seems perfect. Uh, perfect. Oh, go got
1: Thanks for having me on, mate.
0: No, my pleasure, mate. Thanks for uh, giving up the time to to come on and share the value that you did because uh, me, for one, got loads of it. So I I, I can uh, definitely, definitely... Envision a lot of the listeners getting a lot of it, so I appreciate
1: it. Just, just remember that quote. <laughs> Can't believe I said that. Okay. Reach for the stars because if you fall, you'll land in the moon or something. Whereas right. I prefer. Mine's <laughs> better. If you reach for the stars, you fall. Fuck it, you'll be all right because you'll be up yeah, there fuck, anyway.
0: You're up there anyway, so fuck
1: it. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> Love oh, that class, well, guys, thanks mate. I appreciate it.
0: No, honestly, mate, I'll not hold you back any longer. So I appreciate it.
1: Mate. Thank God, you. God. So,